All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Why are the playoffs better at Boston Pizza? Because we've optimized our sports bar experience by studying in-depth analytics. Starting with our new BP Wing Ribs, currently leading all apps in wings above replacement, and deep-fried pickle wedges, an early favorite for the unanimous number one overall pickle. And of course, the advanced stats darling and leader in pints per game, the new Beer Mosa. Catch the playoffs at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. All right, giddy up, let's go, Oilers Nation every day. Boston Pizza has an intriguing offer for us, and we are going to try and make it happen. Let's get into it with the lead. All right, giddy up, welcome into Oilers Nation every day. Not quite a game day edition of the show. Tomorrow is a short for giant game day edition of the show. But as always, we are live from the Sports Closet Studio. We are... 24 plus 8 is 32 hours away from puck drop, Liam. Unless it gets rescheduled. I, I feel like they might just keep, <laughs> they might play it tonight. Hey, maybe. The league's going to come on and be like, hey, what is it? Game one's tonight. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Hope you're ready. Fans, apologies. Yeah. If you're not caught up on that joke, uh, Mark Spector of Sportsnet.ca sending out a report that game two may be moved from Friday night to Saturday night. Why? No one knows. knows? They're kind of just going on the fly here. Um, But like the Oilers series also isn't the only one. Leafs Panthers still don't know when their game three is. It's a mess. Um, A lot of you speculating, you know, maybe this is the Oilers saying, put the game on Saturday because Shania Twain's playing on Friday and we don't want to miss a watch party. Shania Twain plays on Saturday as well. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is 
the Oilers are worried about the tight turnaround from the Shania Twain concert Saturday night to their home game being Sunday. Mm. Got to get the stage taken down. You got to get the ice put in, morning skates, all that stuff. It, it is a process to like it take is. it down to to be fair to them. Mm-hmm. But I just I find it confusing that they're now moving the game in Vegas rather than just moving the game in Edmonton to Monday. That would make the most sense. That would make Put the sense. Oilers game on Monday and Wednesday instead of Sunday and Tuesday. Yep. And your problem's probably solved without disrupting the Vegas thing. As someone who has flights and tickets and hotels booked in Vegas, I'm supposed to fly back Saturday. I would be rather irritated if this is going to stand mm-hmm. in the way of me attending game two down in Vegas. Um, we'll talk about that. We're going to get into a lot of stuff today. Again, live on the Oilers Nation YouTube with Oilers Nation every day. Trevor Kirk was in with the first comment of the day, and he just simply said, let's go Oilers. Anna Manella, 32 and a half more hours till game time. But who is counting? Like Greg it. says Oilers in six. They have a more <clears throat> rounded weapon arsenal than Vegas. Close it out at home. Uh, Chris Walkling says an Oilers game day cannot come fast enough. Braden says my gritty video is the reason Stu's stick broke. I doubt it, but I can see how you made that connection. You never know. Yeah. Uh, I have a lofty light goal today, Tyler, before we get too deep. This is a big one. So we need to get it out early. 200 likes today. Yeah. That is my goal. We're in round two. We need 200. All right. Good luck, everybody. We're at 27 with 162 watching. Also, speaking of light goals, our friends at Boston Pizza yeah. Just out of the blue today, shout out to Boston Pizza and their new Fanalytics menu, fired this our way. 5,000 likes on this post, and we will rename our Ice District location <coughs> from Boston Pizza to Costin Pizza in honor of our Game 6 hero, Clem Costin. I am a little disappointed in ourselves, Tyler, for not coming up with this idea on our own, but I do love bit. it. I wonder if they'll change the sign. Okay. So I just retweeted this. At the moment, we are at 979 likes on this post. Go to my Twitter. It is my most recent retweeted post. Like this for us. I want to see. I mean, they sent this out 32 minutes ago. And again, we're closing in on 1,000. I think we just hit it. Everyone go hammer the like button on this thing. We will get it to 5K. I believe in the power of nation citizens. Mm -hmm. And then we will have cost and pizza in downtown Edmonton, (laughs) which is hilarious. Yeah. I mean, that would be very funny. The cost and pizza in the moss pit. Like, oh no, I guess it's just outside, but still. It's a good nickname. We got to We got to keep the playoff vibes high. So that'd be a good one to keep alive. So we'll be keeping tabs on how many likes this is at as we go throughout the day. So Um, 118 right now. 1,018, 1,023. 1,023. That's the current count. I bet you it's, uh, oh yeah, Mark Spector's on it too. Said get on this Twitter. So shout out to Spec for uh, showing support. We're going to do it. I believe in us. 1,037, Liam. Let's go. Cost and pizza. Rusty retweeted it. Come on, people. Yeah. Uh, The captain is in and says he's coming into town for possibly games three and four. I absolutely uh, love to see that. We're looking for 200 likes on the YouTube video as well. Uh, Our boy, Original Pozar, is in and says, I'm in the same boat for game five, Ty. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Like, if things keep getting bumped, it's going to push the series. I know OP has a trip planned to go down for Vegas for game five. We just did a draw. Someone won (laughs) flights and tickets for game five. I don't understand why the NHL feels the need to do this. Like... There are other ways to do it that don't disrupt things as majorly as moving game two. And also, if you're the Edmonton Oilers 
in the entertainment group. Maybe have a little bit of belief that your team can get to the second round and don't buck a Shania Twain concert in the middle of it. I mean, I, that's, I get it. That's I get hard it. to do though. Like, but this, the, you can have blackout dates to kind of like figure it out. Be like, hey, sorry, you can't do two on this weekend. Yeah, but it's also like a tour is complicated. I don't. Know. I don't I agree. No, I feel. I like, don't think you can just black out two months of the calendar for no, concerts. No, you don't need to black it out. But I believe Lee Bryce played on a Thursday a couple of weeks ago. If the Oilers would have had a home ice advantage, this wouldn't have been an issue. True. Yeah. Right. Like, there's too many. I don't know. Uh, someone asked what kind of pizza or what kind of toppings would be on a cost in pizza. And I was going to make the joke, but Davin said it in the chat. It's a sausage pizza. Um, so we'll keep moving on after that. Uh, some people say, no, they always want to want to have their watch parties. The watch party thing doesn't matter. There's a concert Friday, a concert Saturday. They can't do the moss pit on either date, depending on when game two is. So it doesn't make a ton of sense why they want to move this. Uh, but we do know for sure knock on wood that game one is tomorrow night down in vegas between the oilers and golden knights i think so the oilers played last tuesday was game five against Mm -hmm. la they then had wednesday thursday friday off they played saturday they've now had sunday monday tuesday off they played once in the last seven days yeah it's a lot of time there's been the speculation our pal Connor mcdavid is banged up the oilers had a tough six game physical series against the la kings I actually think this time off is going to do wonders for them. I think it's good. Like Vegas has been sitting for a while as well, and that's fine. They've been sitting for significantly longer than the Oilers as well. Um, But I think this is a good thing these days off. Yeah, I think it's very beneficial, especially in the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. Like even Evander Kane has been banged up a little bit too. And I'm sure there's plenty of other guys like Yanmark too. So Hopefully we'll just see like a more healthier Oilers when they come and play allegedly tomorrow night in Vegas. And yeah, like in the regular season, I think it's a lot different because you're in the groove and everything. But at this point, like both teams have had time off. I don't think it's really an advantage or disadvantage to either team. Yeah, totally. Uh, What do we got going on in the chat here? Guitar Maniacs with a comment about Alec Martinez. I'm going to talk about some key battlegrounds in this series coming up in just a little bit here. Curtis says, went to Sports Closet today, bought myself an Oilers hat. Love to see it. Shout out to sportscloset.ca. OP is in, says, practice yesterday. McDavid and Drysaddle still together. I think they'll get split and Yanmark will go back for 12 and 6. AB, let's flash up our line chart here from uh, from Daily Faceoff. So this is kind of how they skate. This isn't how they skate the other day because Yanmark was uh, was playing. Mm-hmm. I would expect Broberg to come out of the lineup, though. Yanmark's going to draw in. Now, the interesting part is if your fourth liners are Kostin, Yamo, Yanmark, okay, you need a centerman down there. I really liked the McLeod, Yamo, Kostin trio. And I think I want to keep them together. I know there was some speculation about maybe someone getting a look up in the top six, like a Kyler Yamamoto, because you want to split up the centerman. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's the play. I also think Nuge, Bukestad, and Hyman are a pretty good line. They get they, yeah. they scored two that one game. Like I think they work pretty well. So how are you, how are you splitting the, the centerman then? Sorry. Yeah. So you're going to go essentially the same and just bring in Yanmark? So you're going to bring in Yanmark? Or do you put Derek Ryan as a sentiment on the fourth line? I think Derek Ryan's too slow to play center. I think he's a better <clears throat> winger. I think what I do, I think early in the series, you split up McDavid and Dreisaitl. I think that is your break glass in case of emergency. Show the Vegas Golden Knights a look of those two split up. Listen, they got Eichel. 
Carlson Stevenson down the middle. Yeah. Those are three good centermen, but none of them are Dano. None of them are Kopitar in terms of their ability to shut you down. No. They, so I think McDavid and Drysaddle alone can win whatever matchup they have. I think so too. And I think a small wrinkle in this is also Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You need to get him going in some way, right? Some so way, I yeah. think keeping him on a wing with either McDavid and Drysaddle takes the responsibility off him of being a sentiment and just going out there and trying to bang one. Didn't he score a hat trick against Vegas this season? Or did he score two in Vegas when they beat them? Like I think it was threes? two. Okay. Yeah. Man. So, so I think again, Aaron, if I could just have the visual, I need it for myself, not even for the <laughs> listeners. Uh, I think what I do is my top line. I go McDavid Hyman Nuge again. And I have Nuge over on the wing. My second line is Drysidle with Kane and oh, do you want Yanmark up there? It's tough because again, I like McLeod, Yamo, Costa. I think that line can be good. So if you keep them together, do you want to give Warren Fogel a shot up the lineup? You elevate him. Yeah, you definitely. He's definitely earned it. What does Drysidle, Kane, and Fogel look like to you? Drysidle, Kane. Fogel's going to go out there and try and get the puck back for them, essentially. Yeah. He's going to play that Yamamoto role, and he's playing with a bit more confidence. He's probably going to be able to have better chances of converting on chances, which is funny to say, considering he didn't score a goal in the first round. But, yeah, maybe that. I actually really like Nuge with Dry and Kane with McDavid. I just like yeah. having that shooter up there with McDavid. Okay. I'm, again, we're doing this exercise on the fly. Yes. Guitar Maniac says play dry with Kane and Fogel in all caps. So let's go with that. You know, McDavid, Hyman, Nuge, Drysidel with Hyman, or sorry, Drysidel with Kane and Fogel. And then you're going to keep McLeod, Costin, and Yamo together, which means your spare parts on the fourth line or third line, I guess, would be Bukestad centering Derek Ryan and Matthias Yanmark. I know you're flipping guys back and forth. I don't know. Yeah. The point is, the reason I'm doing this exercise and you're sitting here on YouTube watching me be generally confused by what they could do, Jay Woodcroft has some interesting decisions to make. There's just a lot of talent on this team and a lot of players are playing well and you've got to put them into positions to succeed on a nightly basis. And to Woodcroft's credit, he's done a very good job of that, right? Yeah. Like McLeod and Fogel were two of the most effective players in that series against LA and they combined for zero goals. Yeah, But they were had positive impacts on the game. I think they got five assists combined or something like that. Yep. So yeah, like there's a lot of flexibility, but I think for game one, the overall thing for me would be, I would split up McDavid and dry for now. Yeah. And that's what Scotty 91 says in the chat too. split up McDavid and dry until you need the nuclear option. And I'm with that too. Um, I split them up and I want that as kind of the curveball I can throw late in the count to use a baseball mm -hmm. term, right? Hit them with McDavid Drysaddle down the middle. Try to overwhelm them. Again, Vegas is going to get last change. So if you keep McDavid and Drysaddle separate, like I can see right here, you have the Golden Knights D pairings in front of you. Yeah. I mean, that top four is really damn good. They'll always have one of Petrangelo or Theodore on the ice, I would imagine, against McDavid and Drysaddle. But then when you're on home ice, maybe there's a chance you can get McDavid and Drysaddle together against White Cloud and Hag a little bit, that third pairing of Vegas, who's still a good third pairing. Like they have a good, they have a good D group in vegas i don't know if it's la good maybe it is LA. but well, it's, have, it's solid their best defenseman is better than every defenseman on la petrangelo, petrangelo. yeah petrangelo's had some really good moments this year theodore i think is up there i don't know if they have that uh, maybe this is wrong to say but like that gavrikov and roy, roy perrin 
like may, all guess, shut down. Yeah, yeah, like maybe the top. Maybe it's Martinez Petrangelo. Yeah, but the overall, like, it's good D, but I don't think he's. Like, I don't know. It's hard to say. But also, really I think that say. LA blue line benefits, and Rusty just made this point too. They benefit from the structure, right? Yeah, that's true. And and you don't exactly have that same commitment to structure with Vegas Golden Knights and Bruce Cassidy. That's one thing I'm very curious about in this series is. How is Vegas going to attack? Like, why are they just going to go goal for goal with the others? Because I, I got a sneaky suspicion the others might run away with it if that's the case. Well, that's the Surely thing, right? Something different they're going to try and do. We talked about how, you know, it was frustrating that LA ran with the 1 3 1, but Edmonton eventually figured it out and grinded out. Edmonton figured yeah. it out and grinded out victories. When it comes to this series against Vegas, I don't think Vegas is doing a 1-3-1 very often, no. which means it's going to be on Edmonton to largely just limit their mistakes and make sure they're, to steal a phrase from my friend Low Tide, pushing the river in the right direction, right? Yeah, and I mean, you look back at the, the series against Winnipeg too. The last couple of games, not so much, but they allowed four against Winnipeg. Yep. They allowed five against Winnipeg. The other's offense is better than what the Winnipeg Jets have to offer. Yep. So I think if the others can find a way to get to Brossois, maybe, maybe we'll see Jonathan Quick at some point. Wouldn't that be special? That would be something. <laughs> uh, someone was making a comment about uh, doesn't McDavid eat Alec Martinez alive traditionally? And I want to do some digging into the numbers there to see about that. But uh, I have a little thing here. I got a list of five areas, the five areas that are going to define this series, Liam. All right. And none of them are none of them are groundbreaking. I'll say it that. Also, I'll put it that way. But number one for me is the power play. Hmm. It's going to be Edmonton's power play. They set a record at 57% in the first round. They set a record in the regular season. This is undoubtedly no argument can be made against it. This is a fact. The Edmonton Oilers 2023 have the best power play in NHL history. Yeah. The Winnipeg Jets, Liam, they don't. No, no, no. They have a decent power play. Good talent. Yeah, for sure. But they were running at a 40% clip against the Hmm. over a 40% clip against Vegas in round one. Edmonton ran at 56.3% against LA. Man, if Vegas couldn't keep the Jets power play under control in round one, they're going to have a hell of a time keeping the Oilers power play under control in round two. And I look at a Vegas team that's, you know, averaging 3.39 penalties a game. You're basically giving the Oilers a one nothing head start every game. Yeah. And I think one thing, if I'm remembering correctly, didn't the Oilers struggle a lot against LA on the power play in the regular season? Yeah, it was like 12%. And then they just found a way in the regular season yep. to turn it up a notch and, and give them hell. So yeah, I think that's going to be the biggest thing for the Oilers is just trying to trying to continue that power play. It, man, I don't think anyone's asking the Oilers to, sh- to finish at a 57% rate for no. another series, but they can find a way to be around 35 to 40% in five or six games, seven, whatever it may be. Then like how are Vegas going to contain that at all? They're going to have yep. to come up with something crazy because you even look at what LA were doing in that series. It was sometimes where they were doing like heavy pressure, like really quick on top of the puck area. They'd like kind of sit deep and then they kind of expand a little bit too. And it's just like, I think every single time the others found a way to score a goal. So yep. yeah, it's going to be difficult. Vegas's penalty kill, Liam, it's not like they were just bad against Vegas either. This has been a year-long issue for them, and it's only gotten worse as the year gone on. In On the regular season as a whole, they were 19th in the league in PK percentage. From March 1st on, they were 28th, which means early in the year, they would have been in the top half of the league, and the play yeah. in the last month sunk them. Their penalty kill has been in shambles recently. 
That is area number one. Reason number one why I think the Oilers can make this a quick series. Number two on that list, Liam. The second big battleground, it's going to be goaltending. Let's take a look at this uh, this board here that Aaron threw together. In the regular season, yes, Laurent Brassois was better than Stuart Skinner. In the playoffs, Laurent Brassois better than Stuart Skinner. Career playoffs, Brassois a little bit more experience, better than Stuart Skinner. Now, there's a couple of ways to look at this. Yes, Brassois, higher-end regular season when you look at these numbers. He only played, he played less than 15 games, mm-hmm. though, right? You could take a fifth, you could find a 15-game sample size from Stuart Skinner where his numbers would look that yep. good or close to it. Skinner's now got the first playoff series under his belt. I think it was fair. And when you watched him, he didn't really look like the same Stuart Skinner we saw throughout the regular season. I think he maybe had some jitters in round one. There was some bad luck as well with the stick breaking and things like that. Laurent Brassois is capable of putting together a good series for this Golden Knights team. But they also bleed a lot of chances. And I'll get to that again in just a second. They bleed a lot of chances. And I don't know if Brassois is a high-end enough caliber goalie to hold off the Oilers through in five straight games or four straight games or five of seven games. I just, I don't think he's there. And when I look at how Vegas tends to generate offense, they'll, they'll make life difficult on Stuart Skinner. They have good offensive weapons in that lineup. They play with a very fast pace. Goaltending is the one where I don't know who to give the edge to. It's probably leaning a little bit more in Vegas, but if anyone's sitting there saying it's a slam dunk, Vegas has the better goaltending, they're incorrect. It's close at least. Yeah. I I mean, you got a rookie goaltender and a goaltender in Brassois who is essentially just becoming a starter for the first time in his career, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard to really compare where they're both at the moment, but I do remember when Frank was on our show, it must have been right after game one of their series against Winnipeg, he made a comment about how people were a little unsure of what Brassois was was doing, to yeah. be honest, in that one game against Winnipeg. So he wasn't perfect by any means against him, but he managed to find four wins. And you could say the same about Stuart Skinner too. But I agree with what you said. I think Skinner, we haven't seen the best of him yet. We made a comment yesterday. There was no Skinner game in game one. In, sorry, round one. Nope. So hopefully we can just see a better Stuart Skinner and not make big errors like he, he did, I guess you could yeah. say. But... Yeah, I think there's a way, like, I'm not, I think what I'm trying to say is this might be the biggest factor in the series. Like, if somehow, I mean, it usually is in the playoffs, right? Like, goaltending goes yeah. a long way in determining these things. So maybe the others will just have to outscore the problems on some nights, but Brossois, I think, is capable of shutting him down for a period or two. Kind of saw that a little bit when I think it was the third game of the season when they played him and he played really, really well. So he's not as good as Corpusallo, but he's still a good goalie. Yeah. Uh, Bo is in and says, we broke Corpus Allo, we can break Brassois. And I kind of agree with that a little bit as well. Like Brassois is a guy who over his career has, you know, had consistency issues and certain mm-hmm. stops. There's a reason why he's in what year 10 of his career or something. And he's never been a bona fide number one somewhere. Like yeah. this is a guy who is playing good hockey right now, but don't be fooled. He's a career backup. And I'll be interested to see if we end up seeing a second goalie at any point in the series. Yeah. So is is Quick their current backup, or is it Logan Thompson, or is it Aiden Hill? It's Quick, I think. Okay, because they just got um. I, it's amazing that two teams in the Pacific Division played four or more goalies this season and made the playoffs. Like Vegas and the Kings both did that. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's crazy. Kyle Peterson, Quick, both and we thought we had goaltending issues, and not really. <laughs> yeah, Stuart like, Skinner's been solid. Uh, Christopher Palmer is in and says Skinner's really good at setting his feet, coming across on his feet. Skinner in the first half, not as good as Skinner in the second half. And when you break his season down into ten game chunks, it actually is pretty consistent. And his last ten games, 
or his best 10 games. So again, that's kind of why I look at the struggles against LA or the mediocre play against LA. And I kind of go, maybe it's jitters for the guy. And maybe now he, he knows what playoff hockey is about. You got to remember, not only is this his first appearance in an NHL playoff run, it's first time being on the bench, right? It's not like he's got two years of watching Mike Smith as a backup and getting a handle for the atmosphere and seeing how things can, like, how a game can kind of go, how quickly things can change. It was his first time getting that experience. So I think I maybe cut him a little bit of slack. Uh, OP is in and says there's no goaltending advantage right now. Either could be better in any game or over the course of the series. And I think that's probably a good way to sum up this topic. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, I think so too. And like you said, like he has no expect. He wasn't even one of the black aces last year. No. It was Olivier Rodrigue, who mm-hmm. you guys met in L.A., so yeah, I, I agree with that that comment from OP too. Like, I don't think either goaltender is better than the other. I think both goaltenders are capable of shutting one team down for a night too, though. Mm-hmm. All right, number three. We know the Oilers have an advantage in the high-end skill department, but what about the depth of this team? In round one, the Oilers had 10 different goal scorers throughout six games. The Vegas Golden Knights had eight different goal scorers over the course of five games. They had five players who found the back of the net two or more times. The Oilers had seven players find the back of the net two or more times. It was Bukestad, Hyman, and Bouchard scored twice. Kane and McDavid and Costin all scored three times. Dreisaitl scored seven. Uh, Stevenson and Carlson led the way for Vegas with four aside Eichel had three. So did Mark Stone. Brett Howden had two. They came in one game. And that was it for the multi-goal scores. The depth of this Oilers team, and I've said this stat a number of times, at five on five with both McDavid and Drysaddle off the ice, the Oilers outscored and outshot the LA Kings. It was close, sure, but they won that battle. I think they're more than capable of winning that battle again against the Vegas Golden Knights. I know you were looking at their line combos a couple of seconds ago. Stevenson, Howden, Mark Stone is your third line. Yeah, that's really good. I would argue that's probably their second line. And Carlson, Amadio, and Smith is their third line. Nicholas Raw as or Nicholas Roy, I don't know which one Why, it is. I believe. Yeah, okay. As their fourth line center with Colasar and Carrier. Like, okay, that's a decent like their bottom six is good, but I don't view it as like again a huge mismatch for the Oilers. It's an area where like 
I'd listen to an argument saying the Golden Knights maybe have a deeper team, bottom six. The high-end skill is so clearly in the Oilers' favor. And the fact that the bottom six is, I think the Oilers' bottom six is capable of at least sawing it off against this Vegas team. Oilers get a big advantage on the forward group. Yeah, I, I think, like you said, the high-end skill is obviously there for the Oilers. It's pretty much there against every single team in the mm-hmm. NHL, at least the ones that are left. So that's kind of out of the question. But yeah, the bottom six, I feel like it's fairly split, right? Like like you said, that third line that they're showing here on daily face-off is yeah. probably their second line. Out of curiosity, was there anybody on Vegas who's like one of their top guns who didn't score a goal, similar to like Ryan Nugent Hopkins for us? I'm just wondering if there's someone who's going to maybe come out a little bit more in this series. So Riley Smith had 15 shots, didn't find the back of the net. Nicholas Waugh had 13 shots, didn't find the score sheet once in that series. Mark Gisot had 12 shots, didn't score a goal. Petrangelo and Martinez, neither of them found the back of the net either. Uh, Shea Theodore didn't score in that hawk in that series. So yeah, there were a lot of Golden Knights who were held off the board and kind of surprisingly held off the board. And that's the thing too, like the Oilers, the Oilers guys seem to produce and be effective for most yeah. of the game. Like, like we said, Fogel and McLeod didn't get goals, but they were really in the mix on a lot of cases. Like McLeod was on the ice for mm-hmm. the series winning goal and stuff like that. So I'd be curious to see. I think there will be nights where Vegas's depth does show a little bit more than the Oilers, but. I think overall, like if the others are able to split up dry saddle of McDavid on a regular basis, like the others depth should prevail. Like, yeah. There you I'm go. with you. <laughs> uh, up on number four, it's the blue line. And that is probably the one area where I'd say Vegas has an advantage. You know, Edmonton's blue line had some tough moments in that series against the LA Kings. And I wonder an LA team that I think is going to forecheck harder and more aggressive than the Kings did. Sorry, a Vegas team that's going to forecheck harder and more aggressive than the Kings did. I worry about how a guy like Vinny Deherney is going to hold up in that. Yeah. I worry about how some of the slow boots, like a guy like Cody Cece, how's he going to hold up with that extra little bit of forecheck? I'm not worried about Ekholm and Bouchard, um, but I wonder if we might see some struggles from the Oilers blue line. That'll be the one area. Like I think Darnell Nurse, a little bit of pressure on him to have a very good series, not just be passable, but like be impactful. I know it's tough because he plays with Cece, but Maybe see a bit more out of Nurse here. We need that second pairing of Bouchard and Ekholm to continue to show that they're a high-end duo. And the third pairing as well, like Brett Kulak, I'm not worried about his skating. I think he's a guy who's probably made for this series, if we're being honest. A little bit worried about Vinny DeHarnay in this one, just because it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride for him so far. So I would love for them to prove me wrong. I'd love for the Oilers' blue line to be great, but I think it's a fair concern. That's the one area as we're on the fourth key battleground of this series. That's the one area where I think you go, okay, Vegas is better there. You think overall Vegas' defense is better than the Oilers? The Oilers don't have a D-man as good as Petrangelo. Nope. Shea Theodore is better than Darnell Nurse, right? If you want to go Petrangelo v. Ekholm, you pick Petrangelo. If you want to go Theodore v. Nurse, you pick Theodore. They're good. Do you disagree? I, I don't know if I would rate Theodore. I don't know. Like, it's hard to say. Like, I... I I think Nurse is underrated a little bit. Like he does make mistakes. I'm not going to sit here and mm. deny that by any means. But he's a guy that plays a high end minutes for the Oilers every single night. And I think when I look at this top four of the Vegas Golden Knights, like I would like the Oilers top four a little bit more. And I think a guy like Ben Hutton is kind of a big reason for that too. But I think this is the strength of the Golden Knights for sure. And that's a reason why they can play a goaltender like Lauren Brossoir on most nights and make him look half decent. Yeah. Uh, someone asked how Alec Martinez did this year against Connor McDavid. They weren't on the ice together a ton. At five on five, they went head to head for 14 minutes and 50 
one seconds. The shot attempts were 16-16. The Oilers scored one goal in those 14 minutes. So Martinez did an okay job shutting down Connor McDavid. Um, but again, I would also say if Connor McDavid goes every 14 minutes and the Oilers score a goal against Martinez, you're probably getting two goals from that line a game and you're not that upset about it. So yeah. I don't think it's like a massive disadvantage to have Martinez out there if you're Vegas against McDavid. I don't think it's an area that the Oilers are going to like absolutely exploit. But, you know, Martinez has a lot of miles on him. He's battled some injuries. So never know. It'll be interesting. And uh, is that Chell Iverson put it in here? Is yeah. that Evan Bouchard is a wild card in this series? Probably. I'd be curious to see how good he can be again. Yeah. I'm ex- I don't know if I'm expecting eight points from him again in the series, but for me, like he has got to be relied upon a lot. Sorry, 10 points. My apologies. Eight assists. Um, he might be relied upon a little bit yep. more defensively and maybe even double shifted in some cases if Deane isn't doing so hot. Mm-hmm. Just because he's obviously capable of skating. So we'll see on that one. Yep. Uh, fifth up, getting off to a good start. That is going to be a big one here for the Edmonton Oilers. They they scored or they left the first period in four games against LA. Now I know they blew the lead and lost one of those. They won in the other three. I think getting off to a good start is huge for this Oilers team. In the regular season, when they were leading after one, the Oilers were 26-4-3. When they were leading after two, 34-1-5. On the other hand, the Vegas Golden Knights also very good at playing with the lead. When they led after one in the regular season, they were 34-1. 30-4-1. When they led after two, 34-1-2, Liam. That is pretty good. And in terms of an ability to come back, when the Golden Knights trailed after one, they came back 24% of the time. When they trailed after two, they came back 28% of the time. Mm-hmm. Compare that to the Oilers. When they trailed after one, they actually came back 32% of the time. So a little bit higher than Vegas. But when they trailed after two, that number goes all the way down to 22%. Not a team that was orchestrating you know, a wild amount of third period comebacks during the year. For the Oilers, it's going to be crucial that they get the lead early and play with the lead force this Vegas team to start to take some risks offensively. Because I think if that happens, the snowball down the hill for the Oilers, it's going to be more offensive chances, more mistakes made by the golden Knights, the more aggressive they try to get, keep your own end clean. Your chances will come at the other end. But I think this all kind of starts at the top with score. I think one thing that's interesting about the Oilers is, I really don't see a cap on how many goals the Oilers can score in a game mm-hmm. where you watch the LA Kings. And I think we all discussed it. I can't remember if it's on shows or off shows, but like the Oilers get out to three, nothing lead. The Kings are not coming back from that kind of yeah. deficit. Right. And I feel the same with the golden Knights. Like, are they going to be able to keep up with that offense? If the Oilers are able to come out and have a great start, like yeah. they did numerous times in the first round. And that I agree. I think that would be a big thing for me too. And it would also take a little bit of weight off Stuart Skinner and put the weight on uh, Lauren Brassois. Right, put so, some pressure on them. Yeah, so I think yes, mm-hmm. I I agree, and I do believe they will because they've they did it so well in that first yeah. round. It's just about maintaining it. And I wrote about this today at the site. You can read the full article, OilersNation.com. The Vegas Golden Knights bled a lot of chances late in the year. And here's mm-hmm. some stats powered by our friends at Boston Pizza and their new fan analytics inspired menu. The Appy Trio might be calling my name tonight, Liam. May as well. Just might. Uh, here's some numbers. From March 1st on, the Vegas Golden Knights were in the bottom third of the league when it comes to shots allowed at five on five, shots, shot attempts. So shots, shot attempts, and scoring chances. They're in the bottom five in scoring chances allowed at five on five. They bled chances. They are lucky that their goaltending was good. 
That's basically all it was. Their five-on-five team save percentage was fourth best in the NHL. Their five-on-five PDO, which a lot of people just say that's like your measure of luck. It'll always regress back to the mean at some point. It was the highest in the league from March 1st on. They got saves. They had a high shooting percentage. They bled a ton of chances. That's how the Vegas Golden Knights were down the stretch in the regular season. I don't think that's a team that's magically going to flip the switch and become great defensively and stop giving up all of those looks. I know I talked about how their blue line looks solid on paper, but I don't think their forward group is all that solid defensively. And I Mm. think that's a big reason why they bleed looks. The Oilers, okay, they weren't elite offensively. I'm not going to sit here and tell everybody that they were, but they were fourth in shot attempts against per 60. Very good. Top five in the league from March 1st on. 16th in shots against per 60 and 11th in scoring chances against per 60. Vegas, bottom of the league. Edmonton, middle of the pack, trending a hair above it. Above average, you could say. That's an advantage right there. That play at five on five, the Oilers big guns doing their thing and the depth of this team continuing to play good hockey. That's going to be probably the biggest one for me. That's how the Oilers will make this a good series. If they're scoring on their chances and Vegas is going to give you 35 shots a game and you know 20 looks from a high danger area, mm-hmm. the Oilers score on their looks, they'll bury them. I know it sounds like obvious, but like... <laughs> The, the writing is there. The script is there for this for this series to be a quick one. It was definitely a lot of analytics in that statement, Tyler. Thank you. Uh, I rattled <laughs> off a lot of numbers there. Uh, what I would say is, didn't that kind of happen when the Oilers played them last in Vegas and they put eight by them? Felt like every single time the Oilers came down the ice was like a high danger chance yeah. and they were able to capitalize. Like Vegas has had this mistake happen to them already. And I think if we will see that in this series at some point, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, again, it's going to be the biggest thing is how is the Oilers offense going to capitalize on the chances if Vegas are going to give them these opportunities, right? Like we spoke about the blue line and it's good, but there's holes for sure and you can you can get through them. And I think the Oilers offense will be the reason they come out on top in this series. Taking a look at the Twitter, uh, Boston Pizza. Oh, yeah. The tweet is at 2,400 likes. We are almost halfway there to having... Boston Pizza in Ice District renamed to Costin Pizza. If you missed it, the official Boston Pizza sent us a note and said if we can get 5K likes on the tweet, and maybe we'll put it in the description of uh, today's episode as well. If we can get 5K likes on this tweet, we will rename the Ice District location to Costin Pizza. We are at 2433 right now. So keep hammering that. Keep hammering that. We're going in a good direction here, people. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button on the YouTube stream as well. There you go. Shout out to Boston Pizza. Playoffs at BPs, powered by Fanalytics. All right, let's keep uh, moving along here on the show, Liam. I am going to be hitting the road tomorrow with our friends at AMA Travel, heading down to Las Vegas. Very excited to watch the Oilers in person. Who knows when game two is going to be, but game one is tomorrow night. Um, Let's look at the out-of-town scoreboard, powered by AMA Travel. Last night, game seven between the Rangers and Devils, it was Honestly, a bit of a dud. Devils win the series 4-3, as you can see here. A lot of those big names on the Rangers were quiet. One for Zibanejad, one for Kane. Panarin was nowhere to be seen and largely looked disinterested in this series. Game 7 didn't produce a lot in terms of excitement, but it did did give us quite the controversy surrounding a hit from Jacob Truba. Yeah, I mean, we got it up here, Aaron, but it's... I mean, we all saw it, right? Like, what a hit by Truba, but I think a lot of people are just questioning the legality of it, I suppose. But for me, like, 
what is Truba supposed to do in that situation? Just let him skate by? Like, I get it. Like, his head's down and everything. But for me, there was no targeting. Like, that is a, that if, if he had kept his head up, that would have been a straight hit to the chest. No, I know he didn't. And that's like a so, hypothetical, but he's like, yeah. what is Truba supposed to do? Just trip him? Give up the penalty? <sighs> yeah. Like, for me, I'm torn. Is this a hit on a defenseless player? I don't think or so. Or is this a clean check? And I don't think it's defenseless because like there are times like the Pavelski one. Pavelski's kind of being edged by another guy on the mm-hmm. team and brought around and he doesn't see Dumba coming and the puck's now off his stick and then Dumba smokes him. That's hitting a defenseless player. This one is, he put himself in a really bad spot here. I think that's a br- it is a brutal hit. Like That is a crushing, crushing blow. But for me, Truba did almost nothing wrong. Led with his shoulder, didn't leave his feet. Let's look at the Bouchard one. Because to me, this Bouchard one, and I'm saying this just because Aaron has it flashed up. This is hitting a defenseless player. This is 100% hitting a defensive player because Kempe had other options. He did not have to do that to Bouchard. Yep. And there's also the other one to the Jordan Eberle one on Andrew Cogliano. And none of these plays resulted in suspensions. Yeah. The Kale McCall one did, which I think out of the four of them, it's probably the, the, the safest one in the game, to be honest. Obviously, resulted in an, an injury, which isn't good. But like, you have this one. There's no, Kempe has options. Eberle had options. For me, with the Truba one, I just don't see. He either hits him or he lets him go by. Him. Exactly. He, he either hits him or he trips him and takes a penalty. When you're already in a game like this, yeah. what is that? Is it the third period or the second period? I, I think it was the third, right? Like, is a nasty, nasty blow, and you don't want to see that every single day. I can't believe concussion protocol didn't take him out. Yeah, that, like, that didn't make true. sense to me. But it's is what Truba does, and I don't think Truba. I think Truba is a great hitter. He knows how to hit correctly. Yeah, he did not go out of his way to target Team Omaya's head. He didn't leave his feet. He, it's, he his feet target. only really leave the ground when he connects, the, the right? Impact, and the momentum yeah. throws him off. So for me, I think this one's fine. I think the NHL actually needs to take more of a look at these cross checks from behind, which probably are yeah. literally resulting in plays like Cogliano breaking their necks. Yeah. It's not good. I'm curious. Okay. What are people saying in here? Like people kind of split decision a lot like to me. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I'm going to write about this today. There you go. Liam will have a piece up at OilersNation.com. Uh, game seven wrapped up yesterday. So we move on to round two tonight on the AMA Travel Out of Town scoreboard. We have the Leafs taking on the Panthers in game one. Matt Kachuk says the Leafs are the best team remaining in the Stanley Cup playoffs. He says he's excited to try to take them down. The other game tonight, Seattle versus Dallas. A series gets going down in the Big D. Uh, Betway betting-wise, Liam, looking at the lines here, I think I like the over in Toronto, Florida. I don't know if I'm picking a side. I think early in the series, it's a little too unpredictable to do that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that should lead me to be betting on the Panthers to just steal a random one here. Um, but I think the Leafs will be buzzing. I think we'll get a lot of offense, though, is my point. I think our whole series will be the the over series for sure. And then the other series going on tonight might be the under series, to be honest, because you might have the two best goaltenders in the playoffs playing against each other totally, at the dude. moment. And I the Seattle one, I don't want to rule them out at all because I had thought they had no chance against Colorado. I think we gave Florida a little bit of a chance against Boston. So I don't want to rule them out in that series. I think they could actually take that in six. But Seattle, I, I think it might go seven for Seattle. Call me crazy. I think that's what might happen. 
No, I think I, I think I had that one going deep too on my predictions on DFO. I had Leafs Panthers going deep as well. Honestly, the only series that I have being short is Edmonton Vegas. And I, listen, I didn't have a lot of people were saying Oilers sweep Oilers in five against LA. I wasn't buying it. I said Oilers in six and I would not have been surprised if that series went seven mm-hmm. Oilers Vegas. I will honestly be surprised if Vegas takes them seven. I don't think they have the horses. It's as simple as that. It reminds me a lot of the Calgary series last year where goals will just be what it is. Yeah. They'll just score a ton of goals. And much like what happened last year, the Oilers scored way more than what Calgary were able to yeah. do. And I think that's what we could see again with Vegas. Ray Man says, once Truba commits to the big hit, he left himself no options. He had an option before to not go after the big hit. He could have easily directed Meyer to the boards. I don't know. I No, I don't think I think so. he's coming through the middle of the ice. Yeah. But like, and again, that's Timo Meyer. If you want to just try to push him wide, he's a big boy. He'll walk around you. Like, could, could you start the one again, Aaron? Are, you, are we able to pull? Like, no. Like, what? Well, I don't, I disagree. Because what is, Truber is then putting himself in a bad spot defensively if he then like steps to the right and guides him to the boards. No, like yeah. that is the play that Truba had to make. I'm, it's a bad hit in the way that it ended. But in the moment, I think that's the, the correct play. And it's just unfortunate what happened. Again, this is nothing new for Jacob Truba. He's crossed the line a few times. I don't think this is one. And I think if you're Timo Meyer, again, you lean down going over the middle of the ice. Like if you stand upright with your head on a swivel, you see Truba come and you throw the puck into the corner and you don't get hit. Yeah. Or you cut into the other side and try to walk around. I think that's Braden Schneider and Nico Minkola there. So you go the other way. Like you should know. Um, yeah. I, I mean, the Rangers lost anyway. So yeah, so I guess it doesn't matter. The better end of it. All. Aaron says, Meyer had to keep his head up, never skate with over yeah. the blue line with your head down. Like, that's hockey 101. Don't it's, do stuff like that or you'll so get hurt. True. Uh, one last thing for Betway. Joe Rupe hints is minus 160 to pick up a point tonight. He averaged two a game in round one. Minus 160 is not a great payout, Liam. No, but, but that's worth just hitting up. Yeah, for a guy that's, that's scoring so consistently, you may, as well, you may as well dabble a couple of bucks on it. Just bet responsibly. That's all I would bet say. Bet responsibly. 19 plus over at Betway. Got some exciting stuff coming up in the next little bit with our friends at Betway. As the Oilers keep cruising along in the playoffs. You like that? I love the motions. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to check in on how many likes we have over on uh, the Twitter thing. We have a 138 on this stream. Hit so. like on YouTube, please. There's 250 some of you. We should be able to just juice this up a little bit more. Get closer to 200 today. Let's get the algorithm going. Uh, 2,800. On the cost and pizza. Cost and pizza. Going in the right direction. We will uh, have more on this when we do Oilers Nation Radio uh, later on this afternoon yeah. as well. Michael Teixeira is in. Clean hit. Big boy playoff hockey. Chell says cost and pizza. LFG. Tyson says he's looking down at the puck. Keep your head up. Mark says don't think there was an option for true. But I think a lot of people are kind of in agreement on this one here. Like Guitar Maniacs. Meyer made himself vulnerable. He wasn't yeah. in a vulnerable spot. He put himself there. And that's the thing too. Like um, Tyson put in the chat here, like when Holloway got hit earlier yeah. in the season from the Fogo pass, I, I was thinking that too. It's not like he's a player putting him down. He's like searching for the puck. Like I was skating around with his head down and it's just, yeah, it's simple hockey. And again, unfortunately what happened, but you can't expect Truba to, like in that moment, Truba's thinking, how am I going to stop yeah. him? He's not thinking, oh, like what if I hit him in the head? You yes. know? Hundred percent. All right, we're gonna wrap this up. Aaron, do you want to go get the cooler for me? But yeah, put us on full screen and go run and get that cooler. Also, we're gonna get to three k on this Boston Pizza like challenge by the end of the show. Um, but we got our Budweiser cooler question brought to you by our friends at Greta and Labatt Canada. Our watch parties are filling up. 
There, yeah. Giddy I mean, up. It was dude. awesome on Saturday. There you go. <laughs> Get me a cold one. The Bud, the Budweiser train is coming in. Mm-hmm. What do we got in there? Is there a... Oh, found it. All right. Liam, this question is kind of aimed at you, actually. You did, you had beef with Alex Iafalo last week. Uh, yeah, I have a lot of beef with him. So pull up the uh, Golden Knights death chart. <laughs> do I have to pick an enemy? Pick an enemy for this series against Vegas. Who is going to do the best job at getting under the Oilers' skin in this series? Shout out to our friends at Bud Light, Budweiser, and Labatt Canada, and Greta. See, this one, I've, I've actually been thinking about this, and I kept referring to Jonathan Marsh yourself for some reason, but I actually respect him a little bit too much for like his journey to the <laughs> NHL. I don't Fair. think I can do that to him. I I think it might be Keegan Colasar. Really? I think he's going to do random, something. Yeah. Like when I remember when we were in Vegas and he scored that shitty goal where he like shot it from behind the net and just stuff like that. And I guess we'll find out, but I, I think he might be able to. I honestly think Mark Stone yeah. might be in that group because I am not happy that he is playing in this series. Mark Stone will be in the mix there for sure. I wonder about maybe Ivan Barbashev, but he kind of gets disinterested at times, so yeah. maybe not. Actually, it might be Eichel. Eichel's easy to hate. Yeah. Public enemy number one. Angry kid. It's Jack Eichel. Yeah. Or those fans are going to boo him the way they booed Doughty. What about the blue line? Anyone on the blue line there? Can you scroll uh, down? Not, not really. really. Like Martinez and Petrangelo, yeah. two very respected players. Shea Theodore's just good. Brett Howden might be a bit of a rat. Yeah. Rusty just, says, and I agree with him, Vegas is definitely less ratty oh, than LA. 100%. Yeah. I, I mean, do his... It was what twenty rats on on yeah. LA, but we also haven't played them in a playoff series before. That's so that true. might change. That's true. It so is wild. This is the first time we're going head to head with Vegas in a playoff series. Yeah, that's right. Because they they missed last season because they sucked. Shout out to Bud Light, Labatt Canada. Go to Greta for the watch party. GretaBar.com to make your reservations. They are filling up game one tomorrow. You want to be downtown. You want to be partying hard with our boy Aaron at our Oilers Nation watch party. Shout out to Greta. A lot of PBA. Michael says it's going to be Stone. Joey says it's going to be Eichel. Yeah, we'll see. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to kind of watch the rivalry uh, develop here yeah. in this series. I feel like we, we have that small rivalry with Vegas, but I, a little bit. I get up for it because Vegas is a good team, not because mm-hmm. I hate them. Yeah, I think that's a good bank. way to put it. All right, two game ones tonight, and then tomorrow it is a Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition of the show, live on the road from Vegas. We are not going to be live at our usual time. We're going to be going live a little bit later, closer to the afternoon, evening. I think I'm kind of aiming for like a 3, 3.30 mountain time start for the show tomorrow. So if you come here at noon, you uh, you will not see us. <laughs> but you'll see us a little bit later on because, again, we'll be setting up the studio down at Vegas, taking the Sports Closet Studio on the road, powered by our friends at AMA Travel. If you want to have a, uh, if you want to do a fun little exercise, amatravel.ca slash dream. They have a little quiz you can fill out. And then it like spits out some pre-planned vacation options for you. Very oh, neat stuff. That is very convenient. Yeah, you I should do it uh, when we're done the show, Liam. Uh, it comes up with Drumheller, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to AMA Travel. Uh, also, Star Mechanical, sponsored the guest line. Frank Cervalli was around yesterday on that bad boy. Boston Pizza, their fan analytics menu. Our friends at Labatt Canada. Betway, 19 plus, play responsibly. And Greta, where again, we'll be partying hard on a Wednesday night because it's the playoffs and that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Thanks for tuning into the show today, everybody. Hit the like button before you go. Let's rename Boston Pizza, Costin Pizza. I have covered everything. We'll chat tomorrow. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.